Well, uh, today's my oldest son's birthday. Uh, and, yeah, yeah, he uh, he's he's not forty yet, but he's getting on the. He's crazy, man. <laughs> you know, your kids start getting that age. But uh, I was talking to him this morning, telling him, uh, you know, when you have your first baby, uh, you get bring this little baby home. You know, you don't really know what you're doing, right? What am I going to do? What are we going to do now? We get this little baby. What are you supposed to do? And so uh, I decided I was going to change his diaper, which was a huge mistake. <laughs> and so I was changing his diaper, and also I felt something hit me. It hit me right there. I mean, a millimeter over, and I was dr drinking. But I didn't know what it was. It scared. I just jerked back, and I saw the wall, just a fountain flowing on the wall. So... I decided right then, doc, no more doctor changing. I was done, you know. <laughs> no, it didn't happen. I won't tell you how I changed my kids' doctors later. Like, if Becky went around, I used a hose pipe now. So, we're going outside, we're changing, I don't care how cold it is. We're not, I didn't do diapers very well. So God bless uh, new parents, that's all I can say. Somehow the Lord figures helps you figure out how to do something you don't know what to do, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it really does. God is really good. I really needed that worship this morning. Uh, I'll tell you, man, last week I had just like, uh, it's like somebody let the devils out of the box on me. That's what it felt. And I was just getting plowed in my mind, mainly in my mind. I was just getting plowed badly. And, uh, and I don't usually get down. I'm not that kind of person. I mean, there's some people who more get down easy, but I just was like, gosh, what am I so down for? And I realized a lot of my, in my, my mind, thoughts. And so I remembered, you know, this is the warfare is in your mind. And you got to be intentional about what you're thinking and about what you're not thinking. And uh, I was uh, at first like, well, I'm just going, I'm going to be fine. I'll get through this. And I realized that didn't work. <laughs> I had to get intentional about taking those thoughts captive and not listening to the lies that were coming into my mind. Because I, I feel like I was, you know, I was going down in smoke, so to speak, because of believing thoughts that were not true, that the enemy was just firing at me. And so we had to just, and it really kind of went along with Will's message. I don't know if uh, y'all, if you were not here last week, get Will's message, and it's on the internet. Um, he can listen to it. It was really powerful. He talked about uh, the David at the end of his life said, God delivered me from all my enemies and Saul. And he also brought up, and Becky brought this up to me, like, God, dang, won't you listen? That there's times that where you feel overcome by the enemy. Like, and the truth is, we, none of us are strong enough to fight the devil. Amen. But I'll tell you who is. Right? And we have him. We've been clothed with him. And we have his armor on us. And we have to take authority over these things. And when we begin to exercise that authority by faith, then we can begin to push the enemy back. And just being able to come in here and get in this environment and hear, you know, the Lord just breaking stuff off people. And it really helped me to really kind of accelerate away from, from that thing that was trying to take me down. And I think a lot of people suffered. But the Lord did tell me two things. I'm using up all my preaching time. Here, talking about other stuff like you know the changing diapers and <laughs> but uh, one of the uh, the Lord told me two things really to help me on a personal level 
Uh, first, he told me this. Uh, there's a scripture in Matthew 22 where uh, these uh, people called Sadducees. Let me spell that word for you. S-A-D-Y-O-U-S-E-E. -E. You're sad, you see, because you do not know the scriptures nor the power of God. You're sad, you see. That's what the Lord, that's how he said to me. You're sad, you see, because you don't know the scriptures nor the power of God. And the Lord really wants to put an emphasis in our life on the Bible, of knowing the scriptures, but not just knowing the scriptures, knowing the power of God. And the Lord really is wanting us to start pulling the power of God in. And, you know, we've been devoted to the scriptures uh, always, you know, but there's a there's just a release of revelation, I think, the Lord wants to bring out the scriptures. Amen? Amen. But he wants to give us some power. Okay, because you don't want to plug your uh, phone to charge it into the wall, right? And there's no power there. You want some power. You don't want just a, a theory. Amen? Let's ask the Lord for that. Lord, we ask you for your power this morning. We are not ashamed of the power of God. And we're saying we're people who need the power of God. Lord, we need your scriptures. We want to know the revelation of Jesus Christ, the word of God. And we want to know power on a personal and intimate level. We just ask you for that, Lord. And the other thing you told me was this. Because, you know, in your life, you begin to wonder about your life, right? Oh, am I doing anything with my life? The devil's saying you're not doing anything with your life. You're a failure. You're not successful. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And here's how the Lord said, well, this is the way you know you're succeeding or not. And everything you do is where you land at. You land at the feet of Jesus. Does everything you do, everything you do, does it ultimately take you back to Him? That's your success. It's Him. It's coming back to Him over and over. And so when you're in a mess in your life, do you find yourself going back to Him? And if you are, then you're living a successful life. You, you know, in God's eyes, you're successful because you're going back to the person that can really help you. Amen? Amen? So I encourage you, you know, if you're in a mess this morning, uh, the Lord wants you to just go to Him. And He wants to help you. And I want to also encourage you to get intentional about what you're thinking. I want you to be careful about the thoughts that are coming into your mind. Don't let thoughts just run rapid in your head. Start taking them captive. Start resisting them. Start saying no. Speak to them. Say, no, I don't, I don't accept that thought. That's a lie from the devil. I'm not a failure. You know, I'm not. I'm not going to be. I'm not. I didn't disappoint my children. <coughs> Whatever it may be for you. Amen? Oh, right, so I got, I didn't use six minutes here. <laughs> I want to read Psalm 92, verse 10. This is a beautiful song. It's, uh, but my horn you have exalted like a wild ox. And that's some, that meant something in those days, uh, a wild ox. That was something you don't want to mess with. I have been anointed with fresh oil. Everybody say fresh oil. Fresh oil. Okay, uh, if you uh, look at Psalm 92, uh, you, the title above the psalm is it was a psalm, a psalm for the Sabbath day. It was a psalm that Dave, uh, many believe David wrote in particularly to be sung on the Sabbath. Okay? It was like, a, like one of our songs that we sing, but that was a song that they sang in those days. And the psalm, when you think about the Sabbath, let me just tell you a couple little things about the Sabbath, which I think is beautiful. 
is in the Old Testament, the Sabbath was on Saturday. Most of you know that, right? And the reason it was on Saturday is because in the creation work, God rested on the sixth day. Right? Seventh day. Yeah. Sorry. God did his work Monday through... Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, he rested there. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's, what they were, that's why they chose that. But in, in the, the beautiful thing about the Sabbath in the New Testament was Jesus rose on the first day of the week. And Sunday is the first day of the week. Now I'm saying all this for a reason, right? Y'all know that Sunday, not Monday. I said Monday because we're more culturally ruined. Right? We think Monday's the first day of the week. Today is the first day of the week. A Sabbath is a new beginning. Okay? That's what a Sabbath is. Biblically, there was a new beginning the day Jesus rose from the dead. And so what David was doing was trying to get people to understand something about the Sabbath that we don't really think about. That every Sabbath, every Sabbath day, we have an opportunity for something new. We have an opportunity for a new beginning. We've ended a week that we can never go back to, and we have this opportunity to enter into something new, something fresh. And that's why he said in verse 10, and, this, and actually this whole psalm is about transition. It's about moving into a new time. It's about stepping into something new and fresh. And if you're an older person, you should love this psalm because it declares something down towards the end about old people. That they can, they can be vibrant and they can be fruitful in their old age. If you're an old person, you should get up and say, that's my song today. And if you're an old person sitting there, get up. Fishermen. 
uh, he was somehow a difference between a professional fisherman and a, and a hobbyist fisherman. Hobbyist fishermen keep their fish and show them off to everybody, right? And have them on their but on their mantle up there on the, where a professional fish and throw them back. And he was saying, wow, you know, isn't it great? You know, he said, you got this little fish up there that you caught 10 years ago. That's your, that was your glory, what you did 10 years ago. You hear what I'm saying to you? Well, we don't need to, we need to be professionals, not hobbyists when it comes to fishing. Uh, don't even get me. All right. So, I don't like fishing. Right, I'm sorry. No, let me read that Psalm 92, verse 10 in the Passion Translation. Your anointing has made me strong and mighty. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. You empowered my life for triumph. Yeah. For triumph. Not for defeat. For victory. For triumph. By pouring fresh oil over me. In that power? By pouring fresh oil over me. Yeah. See, God has a promise for people. For those who will receive it. There's a fresh anointing. Times change, and God wants to give us an anointing for the times we live in. He wants to release a fresh oil over us. It's in his heart, too. It's in his heart, too. And you can see this illustrated in King David's life and Jesus' life, actually. King David, a lot of you don't know this, but King David was actually anointed king three different times. First, he was anointed by Samuel, right, amongst his brothers. Every anointing meant something a little different. He was anointed, and that anointing was really to prepare him. It was an anointing to prepare him, to get him ready to be the king. He didn't become the king then, not in the natural. But there was a preparation that he had to go through, and that anointing enabled him to be prepared for what God ultimately was going to do in his life. And he went through years of situations. He would have never got through those situations without that anointing on him. That anointing empowered him. And then, later in life, the elders of Judah, his home tribe, came to him and said, we want you to be our king. Where nobody else did, they did. So he got his second anointing there. The elders of Judah anointed him. He was the king over Judah, but he wasn't still the king over all of Israel. Because there was, at that time, there was a, a bunch of other people there. And that was when Saul's the reigning king died, and they, it says there was a war between the house of David and the house of Saul for years. I don't, I don't remember exactly how it is, but it says the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker and weaker, and the house of David grew stronger. It's because of that anointing. It made him stronger and stronger. And eventually, all of Israel came to David and said, we want you to be our king. So you can see in different phases of his life, God had a specific anointing for that phase to get him through. Are y'all following this? Yeah. All right, well, Jesus. Jesus had several anointings, actually, in the New Testament. But there's three that were, I think, the most significant. One was when he was baptized, Mark 1, 9 through 11. So when the Holy Spirit came and rested on him. That, uh, that anointing was for the ministry. Because at that time, he was not doing ministry. He was just a regular carpenter. He was a nobody person as far as mankind knew. But they, he got this anointing for ministry, and that's when his ministry began, when the Holy Spirit came like a dove and rested on Jesus. And so he did that for three years. And then I think it's Matthew 26, he got this anointing from a woman. She had this alabaster and poured it all over. Everybody was mad at him. He said, don't, don't you dare. She's anointed my body for burial. So he that phase of his life, 
his ministry had come to an end. And now he was getting a new anointing for his life. An anointing to die. An anointing to be buried. Don't you think that anointing carried him through what he went through? Are y'all following this? That anointing carried him. And then guess what happened? Once he got to heaven, the Father gave him the oil of joy in Hebrews 1 above his fellows. And that's what Jesus carries today. He carries an anointing of joy. If Jesus walked in this room, he would be joyful. He wouldn't be boring. He'd be joyful. Because that's because he carries that. He carries that anointing. And people who get close to Jesus and hang out with Jesus a lot, that oil drips on them. Amen, it does. So you see, this is what I believe. Okay, I have this belief. Three Sundays ago, I saw a huge vat of oil over us. It was huge. And I was saying, Lord, what is that? It hadn't been tipped over yet. Okay? But it was full to the very brim. I mean, you wouldn't get another drop of oil in that thing or it would start leaking out on us. And I've been praying for like, Lord, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? I don't want to just assume it, you know? And he gave me this psalm, this verse. Psalm 92, you know. Yeah, the fresh anointing coming. Now, let me tell you. It wasn't because yesterday's anointing was bad. Yesterday's anointing was great. But it was for yesterday. You need an anointing for today. And God has declared, I'll give you an anointing for this new time you're in to face what you're going to face, to walk through what you're going to walk through, and be victorious. That's what God wants to release. That's what I believe. Because we're walking into a new time. We're, we're I believe, some of us are already in it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some some people in this room have shifted already. The problem with them is this. They don't have a clue where they're at. They're like in a land like, where am I? I don't understand this place. I I like that for them. Because for them, I'm like, oh, you're going to be all right. Just be an explorer. Just discover. This is fun. This is exciting. Ooh, I hate that when it's happening to me. <laughs> because you don't know. Everything that you thought you knew, you don't know. Right? And so God wants to encourage you to shift. And he wants to encourage you because he wants to give you an anointing to go with that shifting. Now let me read this verse here. Woo, don't you love the Lord? Yes. Uh, Louise made a... Uh, what do you call them? Somebody says something that's kind of related. <laughs> analogy. No, not analogy. He referenced this. That's the best I can do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm doing the best I can. Isaiah 10, 27. Listen. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden, we're talking about the devil's burden, that his burden, y'all listen, will be taken away from your shoulder. I'm talking about burdens you shouldn't be carrying. There's there's burdens, and I guarantee there's people in here. In fact, I know some people in here. Let me tell you who they are. You know that person you looked at in the mirror when you were brushing your teeth this morning? (laughs) That person that you were staring at, combing your pretty hair, if you had any, if you don't have any, you was just doing it anyway because you thought it was nice to do. It scratches your head. Right, Ken? Ken, they don't say you have to scratch your head and get a blush. I don't know if it does. Charlie can tell you that. I don't know about it. Wishfully. But we're carrying stuff. Y'all, 
carrying stuff. Stuff that we're not designed to carry. His burden will be taken from your and his yoke from your neck. And we're yoked to stuff that we should not be yoked to. There's false yokes. There's false responsibilities. People are bound to things they think they're supposed to do. They think that God wants them to do. It's a deception. It's a lie. Yeah. It's, it's just destructive. And it says, and the yoke will be destroyed. Why? Because of the anointing of God. See, God wants to destroy some of the stuff off of us today. That's what he was doing in the world. He was trying to get people free of something. I want to destroy that thing on you where you think you've got to do this. You think you've got to act that way. Or you, you feel this. You feel that. You know, that burden, that thing that's weighing you down, that worry, that anxiety that you're carrying. God wants to break that off in people. And the anointing is how he does it. You see, the anointing is how God works, y'all. It's how he operates. It's his operating system. It's how he flows in our lives. And so for us to not enjoy it, like he was trying to get y'all to entreat us to step into this anointing so that some stuff can get off of us. It's not just a jolly time. It's not just acting happy in church. All that's great, but I don't want to just get happy here and go home depressed. I want to go home happy. I want to go home a different man. And I want to be able to affect people around me. And the only way I'm going to do that is let that anointing have its way. And that's the truth. Listen to what this one says, 2 Corinthians 1.21. Now he who established us with you in Christ has a, and has anointed us as God. Note the connection between being established and the anointing. There's a direct connection. Here's the meaning of being established. It means to be made firm, stable, to grow spiritually, to grow in Christ-like character, nature, and mind. Y'all follow that? And what Paul was saying, if you want that in your life, there's an anointing that has to work with that to get you to that place. If you want to be Christ-like, if you want to have the mind of Christ working in you and flowing in you, He's saying, if you want to be established in your life, if you want to quit getting blown around and feeling unstable, then the anointing has to be working in your life. Listen. Ooh, are y'all all right? <laughs> Listen to me. I know people personally. Powerful men. Okay? Powerful men. They have powerful ministries that fail, have some kind of failure in their life. Okay? They were taken out of ministry for a season. Okay? Taken out. Rightfully so. Take a break. Go rest. Figure this, figure this thing out. Let's work through this thing. Let's figure out why this happened. <coughs> Let's love this person. Let's take care of this person. Let's don't kick them to the curb like people can get kicked to the curb when they don't do per live the way they're supposed to live. <coughs> and so they went through their season. And then they came a point where God was saying they need to be restored to their calling. Because if they don't get back under this anointing, they are not going to be able to get there. They will never be established in life. Are y'all hearing me? Yeah. Because once you get under this anointing and begin to flow in the anointing of the Lord, it does something to you. It helps you. It ties up some loose ends in your heart. It fixes some things in your thinking. It corrects you. It adjusts you. It makes you a better person. It makes you what you can't be. It helps you to resist what you need to resist. It helps you to stand when you can't stand. 
It helps you to be firm when you need to be firm. It helps you to be flexible when you need to be flexible. That's what the anointing does. The anointing has power to establish a man. It has the power to establish a man in any area of his life. Home, work, ministry, you name it. This, this is not just for church, y'all. If this is for church, we're a joke. It's, the, the anointing is foundational for us spiritually. But that's just the foundation. It's meant to affect and impact your entire life. Your entire, every relationship, everything you do in life. The anointing is, is, is meant to influence that and change that and make that the way God wants it to be. That's why the anointing is just not for preachers and people who pray for people. It's for all of us. And we would be fools not to think that. All right. I'm not done. Let me read this one to you. There's basically two kinds of anointing. Basically two kinds of anointing in the Bible. Two. Everybody say two. Now there's many variations in all this. Many different. But there's basically two. It's one is, uh, well, oh, I wanted to tell you this first. This is from Arthur Burt, okay? Some of y'all remember Arthur Burt. Last time he preached here, he was 100 years old. So any man that can preach at 100, you got the anointing. He used to use this term back in the day, which I'm like, what does that mean? You know, because he never seemed to explain where I can get it. I'll tell you about Arthur Burt. One time I didn't see him for a few years, and he came, and a friend of mine said, hey, how is Arthur? I said, man, Arthur's amazing. He's really gotten really good at preaching, and what he's saying, he explained it some more. And he said, Byron, Arthur hasn't changed a bit. It's you. <laughs> You're finally getting it. Well, he used this term called the anointing is pointing. The anointing is pointing. And I'm thinking, what that means, pointing? Well, what he was talking about, the anointing, points you to your assignment. What God's called you to do, what God's put in you, the anointing will point you that direction. The anointing and the pointing always go together. They don't, they're, they're not separated. You can't be anointed and not have a direction in your life. You'll start seeing a direction. You'll start seeing where you're anointed at. You'll start feeling it. You'll start anointing. Let me just tell you, women get a mother, a mother anointing on them when they start doing all that stuff. You know, get the baby stuff going. They get this thing on. Yeah, you could not be a mother without that anointing. And that's why men don't get it. <laughs> they get their mothers. <laughs> well, i got to hurry or I'll be in trouble. The spirit, this is what Jesus said. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And then he lists the anointing point of Jesus to preach the gospel to the poor. It pointed him to set captives free. It pointed him to open prison doors. It's the anointing that showed Jesus. Are y'all following me? Yeah. And so that's what the anointing is pointing me. So when you get the flow of this anointing, you're going to know some things. It's going to point you in a direction. People want to know, what am I supposed to do? Get the anointing, man. It's going to point you in a direction. That's the key. Is get, get this flow of this anointing. Y'all should like that. Yeah. So there's two types of anointing. Let me do this fast. Basic types. Everybody say basic. basic. <laughs> Somebody can bring about 10 of us here. Like, what about this? It's all basic. There's the anointing upon us. That's one. That's what Jesus said right here. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. That's an anointing that comes upon you. That's the anointing that comes 
when the Holy Spirit rests on a person, let's read uh, Luke 24, 49. And behold, I'm sending forth the promise of my Father. <coughs> Who is that? The promise of my Father. Tell me who it is. It's the Holy Ghost. Tim, I'm sending him upon you. Upon. And, but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed. You're talking about the clothed with power. And the Holy Spirit comes down and clothes you. That's the anointing upon. And that anointing is primarily for serving. It's primarily for other people, not you. It's for God to use you in whatever area he wants to use you, whatever for gifting, whatever calling you have to serve in that area and have power in that area to do what God's called you to do. Are y'all following this? Yeah. And so that's why we desperately need the anointing because everybody's called to be a servant. Are you hearing what I'm telling? Amen. Don't hand me this. No, I'm a son. I'm not a servant. That's just ridiculousness. <laughs> right? That is not looking at the whole council of Scripture. Go back and read John 13 if you don't believe what I'm telling you. See, see, we all divide this stuff. No, I, I'm a son. No, no, I'm a bride. No, no I, come on. God may emphasize different things in people at different times. You know, he might be emphasizing sonship to you or, or being a bride, being a son, you know, but he emphasizes serving too. When Jesus said, I no longer call yourself, he didn't eliminate serving. He just said, I want to introduce you to being a friend. Friendship, I'm trying to bring you into some other aspect of relationship. Do y'all follow that? Yeah. So I want to encourage you, you know, let this anointing for serving you work on you. Look what it did with Jesus and what he was able to do. Ooh, y'all alright? I'm going to finish. You didn't sound alright. <laughs> the other anointing is the anointing within. Okay? It's this inside anointing that we all have. First uh, John 2.20. But you have an anointing for the Holy One and you know all things. Actually, let me tell you what that, you know all things. I thought, well, I don't know nothing. What do you mean I know all things? I don't even know what I think I know. Right? It's like raising kids. You think you know how to do it until they hit puberty. <laughs> then you need a fresh anointing. <laughs> and then you look back like, I didn't know how I was doing in any of it. You have the capacity to know all things. Okay? You have the capacity. You have the potential. It's there for you. Okay? But it's an it's a inward anointing that gives you the ability, listen, to know all things. Not just how to worship, not just how to pray for the sick, not just how to preach the gospel, not how just how to be a pastor or work, to know all things. How to be a good parent, how to be a good friend, how to be the best worker in the whole business. You know, how to bring encouragement to your neighbor, how to speak life over people who are desperate. All things, all things. Everybody say all things. All this, is key. Things. this anointing can equip you for every area of your life. Every area. It wants to flow in every area of your life, the inner anointing that you have. You and I have this because we have Jesus Christ living in us. And he's the anointed one. And he wants to manifest up through you. Are y'all good? All things, home, business, relationships. I just wish I could get that thing working on the golf course. You know what Billy Graham said about golf? place that God never answered his prayers. <laughs> so I, there's people that I play golf with can't even pray. Like, God, forget it. God ain't going to help you. He's not interested in helping you because he's not going to help me. 
Let me read John, 1 John 2, 26 through 27. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. There are those demonic things, like I was talking about, those are the ones that are trying to deceive you. There's thoughts that come at you to tell you stuff that's not true. They're trying to deceive you, trying to steal your life. But the anointedness in which you have received from him abides in you. See, you have the ability through the anointing to conquer these things. You have the ability when those lies come, when depression comes. Listen, there is a biological depression and all that. I'm not discounting that. I'm just saying in general, people like me who don't have biological depression, you know, don't, I don't have what they call clinical depression. I don't have that. I just have just being dumb depression. <laughs> because I'm believing something that's not true. Right? You know, that's a great thing. Just dumb. I, that's me. And most of us are like that. There are probably some people who may have that other, and there's another remedy for you for sure, but even the anointing can work on that. Yeah. See what I'm saying? I'm just trying to get you to begin to value the anointing yeah. of God and know that it can do something for you and get you to see that there's an anointing inside of you right now. And what we got to learn how to do is tap into that thing. Tap into that anointing and let it begin to do what it's supposed to do. And whatever thing you are in life, wherever you are, it can help you because God wants to give you a fresh anointing so you'll have triumph in every area of your life. That's what God wants to do. It says, and, and you do not need that anyone teach you. In other words, you don't have to depend on everybody else. And God gives us teachers. But what he's saying, this anointing can begin to teach you. In fact, that's what should be teaching you. It should be, the teaching we should be receiving is somebody else who has this anointing. They're releasing their anointing out of you. And it's calling to the anointing in them. That's what a good preacher does, or a good teacher. They call to the anointing in the person. Their anointing is speaking to that anointing. Deep calls deep. It stirs that thing. So you can begin to take it yourself and begin to run with it. And whatever God may be, how he may be revealing himself to you in whatever somebody's saying. How many times, I mean, you could probably ask anybody here who speaks, they have people go, that was so great when you said so and so, and you're thinking, I didn't say that. Why did they? But the Holy Spirit spoke. That's what they heard. Because the Holy Spirit was speaking to them, maybe just was a little bit different than what the preacher was speaking. But it's what he wanted that one person to hear. Are y'all following that? So the anointing wants to do some stuff for us. It wants to tap into the realm of revelation and, and pull things out of heaven into our spirit. That's what the anointing wants to do so we can start getting revelation about stuff. Not just Christian stuff. It don't have to be Christian stuff. It can be other stuff, non-Christian stuff, like relationship. That's Christian stuff, right? It's all Christian stuff. But you know what I mean, not just church stuff, so. You know, it can help you have a good relationship with your wife. It can help you raise your kids. It can, all these things. It, 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 that's what it's meant to do. That's what we've got to give. I mean, it's so important. I mean, the worst thing you can have, y'all, is have somebody who's really powerful uh, anointing at church, but they go home and be mean to their family. Mm. How's that working, man? Maybe God doesn't like that. I'll tell you that now. He, he's not going to put up with it. You know? If you marry somebody like Becky, she ain't going to put up with it. Because <laughs> immediately you're getting called out on it. Now, let me just say this little, little funny story about Bobby Connor. Most of y'all know who Bobby Connor is, a powerful prophet. And one time, the Lord gave him a map. He saw a map. And he knew this 
map was a place for this person that he knew was supposed to, this guy was an old man, to go and drill at this place. And if he would drill there, he would find oil. And sure enough, he told the guy, and the guy went there and had, had uh, you know, mineral rights to that place where he could legally go. Isn't it crazy in Texas? You can own a piece of property but not own what's under it. I think, well, that's stupid. I own this property. There ain't nobody coming here. But that's the way it is in Texas, man. If there's water or gold or oil there, somebody else who has the mineral rights can come access. All you got to do is rent access to your land. Well, this guy went and did this thing and struck oil. And his wife said, Bobby, I'll tell you one thing. If you ever, if you ever mess with this, I will tell the world. If you ever do this for yourself, I will tell everybody in the world, you will never get away with it. That's a pretty good word from a wife, right? Well, he wasn't. What I'm saying, not, what, I, what she was meaning is like, if you take this gift and start looking for stuff, treasure for yourself. That's what she was saying. Don't use this for treasure for yourself. Use it for treasure for others. Isn't that powerful? Everybody needs a good spouse. <laughs> slap them and slap them. Yeah, let me finish here. But, you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning again all things. Everybody say all things. all things. And it's true. And it's not a lie. And just as it's taught you, you will abide in him. So one thing that I've learned about this inner anointing, and I'm going to apply it to my world, okay? But you can apply it to your world. Is the more I allow this inner anointing to, to operate in me inwardly, and pay attention to it, the more I can discern the anointing that comes upon. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Because to me, the inner anointing has to be obeyed above all things. In other words, if I sense an anointing, like for instance, in church, in this room, that's being released, but my inner anointing is saying, well, that's beautiful, but that's really not what I'm really that just happens to be being released <coughs> or something better that I want to go after. Guess which one you need to pay attention to? Y'all know? The one inside. Are y'all getting that? So in your job, as you learn how to uh, this inner knowing working in, you can begin to discern what's going around in your job. And you can begin to release this outer anointing that you have into the workplace. If you can learn how to discern this inside of you real well. Does that make a sense? Yes. Does for a couple of people. Yeah. This is vital, I think. Mm. This is vital. For us to learn how to understand the inner anointing, work with the inner, inner anointing, no matter what situation we're in, so when the outer anointing comes, we can discern it. We can catch what's happening. And we can begin to cooperate with the, what the Holy Spirit's doing outside of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Y'all just sitting over here. Okay, good. Now hurry up. Okay, what's the point? <laughs> Your potential for carrying a greater realm of outer anointing is, I believe, is in direct connection with your potential of allowing this inner anointing to have its way. The more you allow this to have its way, the more God can put on you in terms of his anointing of his spirit. Does that make sense? All right. Holy Spirit. So I'm asking the Holy Spirit about this bat, okay? That's what I've been asking him about. So he, he wants to tip it. 
I don't know. I kind of felt like we got a little bit of it this morning. Right? Yeah. That was good. Thank you, Lord, for that little bit. Amen? Amen. But there's more. Yeah. There's more. And I believe the Lord wants to give more to people. And I believe there's people in this room, okay, that are in, in a new place or fixing to go into a new place. You feel it. You sense it. And, and all right, what was working in your like a new, Here's a great thought. When God wants to give you a new mantle in your life, a new anointing, a new mantle, he sometimes has to dismantle some things in your life. Okay? And it causes you to feel like you're going through this brokenness and this failure time. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? That's, that's how it feels to you. Like I, and all of a sudden, what work is not working good no more. And, you, and you, it's because God is dismantling you because he has a bigger mantle to put on you, a bigger anointing. And that old anointing is going to get in the way. Okay? So if you feel like you're in that place, you're in really a great place. Because it means that God has already determined to promote you and let you carry more of his anointing. Okay? But you're having to go through this dismounting thing to get this bigger mantle that he wants you to have. Am I talking to anybody in this room? And so I want you to be helped this morning. Okay? Because I know about that dismantle thing. It's terrible. It's the most heartbreaking thing in the world. But it it's going to end well for you. It's going to end real well for you. Because here's the thing. God wants to do in your life above and beyond what you could ask or think. Mm -hmm. That's what he wants to do. And so when I was kind of having these things of despair, that was when I began to pray. I don't even know how to pray, Lord, but I know one thing. The Bible says you want to do above and beyond what I could pray. So I'm just going to go with the above and beyond prayer. Do the above and beyond in my life, Lord, because I'm too dumb to even think about what you would like to do in my life. God wants to anoint some people. Stand up if you want an anointing this morning. Just stand up and say, yes, Lord. We've probably already done this, right? Can we do something like this already? Go it again. Let's, let's say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You know what Tony Baker did one time? I'm telling on Tony. Y'all know, love Tony. Everybody loves Tony Baker. He's the hardest working guy in the planet. He's a servant. That's what he is. He can serve like a maniac. But one time, Tony, we had this night meeting when the Lord was really moving. Tony gets this idea in his mind that he wants to anoint some people. Okay? Which is a great thought. He came in, fire, we got any oil. I said, Tony, I think the only thing we got is maybe some like Crisco you know, vegetable oil, a bottle of that better. That's good enough. So I thought Tony was going to go get that bottle of vegetable oil and put some on his little finger and touch some people. That is not what Tony Baker did. No, Tony Baker takes his oil somebody and pours it on I'm looking at it and like, Tony is getting all over the carpet. Don't worry about it. I'll clean it up later. Literally, he soaked the carpet with oil. Now, tell him I'm happy because I had to clean it up. I just said, go home, Tony. <laughs> He's going to get to work tomorrow. I'll, I'll stay here and clean that vegetable oil off. Vegetable oil doesn't stain, by the way, but you got to get, get it out. But I just loved his heart. I loved what he was doing. Because it's like Jesus. He ain't going to get a little teeny. Oh, baby, put this little teeny drop. Not here. Let's get this. I want you to have a bunch. I want you to have a bunch of a good So I think. You know, when the Lord gives us permission, I want to anoint everybody in the room. 
but I need the Lord to give me that permission. I don't feel like I have it right now. Or maybe I just think mentally and physically I've been doing that. I don't know which one it is, but I, I don't think I can do that. But I believe the Lord wants to anoint you no matter what. And I think there's people in this room need a fresh anointing in their life. And so I think he wants to break, to start with the basic thing is get some burdens off in your heart. Get some yokes off in your neck. And so I just want you to offer that up. Okay, Rhonda has a night. You know who Rhonda is? Yeah. No, no y'all don't know who she is. Come out here, Rhonda. This is Joseph. She's got the coat of many colors. When she walked in, I thought, well, there comes Joseph. The coat of many colors. I had a dream night before last, and in my dream I was here in this building, and um, the anointing of the Lord, the, the anointing of joy came on me. You know, and I've been in different moves of the Holy Spirit, but this was weighty and heavy. I couldn't stand under it. And I was leaning against my friend Paula Stark, and people were coming up to me wanting something, and I couldn't give it away. I mean, I couldn't stand up. If she not have, would not have been holding me up, I could not have stood up. And when he talked about that anointing of joy, I think sometimes, I know in my personal life, I've tried to work it up. I've tried to make it happen. But I just want to release to you that you don't have to do a thing except receive it. But that's what the Lord was telling me. Just receive. Just receive. And I even was supposed to give a word. like, And I'm like trying to get to the front. trying. And so I got up here and it's like, I don't know what I'm talking about. And Janet Moore was standing up here and she goes, well, you need to say, you need to, I can't remember the scripture, but she had the scripture. And different people had different things. So I'm just saying that don't worry about it. Don't try to work it out. Just open your heart to receive it. So I'm going to pray that over you guys, okay? Lord, I just pray right now, Father, that you would just open it, that you would expand us, Lord God. That we would open up the doors of our heart, Lord God, and say yes to you, Lord. We can just say yes to you, Lord. Not worry about what it's going to look like. Not worry about being foolish. Not worrying about stumbling over ourselves or being laid in or into something, Lord God. But that you would give us liberty today, Father. I just ask you for liberty today to come into this room, Lord God. That we would be free to be who you call us to be, Lord God, whether that's an anointing of joy, sometimes it's an anointing of tears, Lord God, but you would release us into that thing you have, Father. I just ask you right now for that, that you just let that thing fall on us individually and even corporately, I believe there's something you want to do, Father. So we ask you for that today, Father, in Jesus' name. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, let's, I mean, let's, let's get it, right? So we're asking the ministry to come ministry team come on forward and then um we got we got <coughs> going on so we're gonna go after that i don't just quick story there's this uh water park in rockford illinois and this this probably exists other places but in the, in the kids play area of this water park they have a bucket and it's like just a, like the size of a house and there's this meter that like slowly fills and so you can tell when it's going to get to the tipping points and as it gets close and close, the whole thing starts to rock. And all the kids come running over to it. And they're jumping and they're jumping. And they're waiting for this giant vat of water to tip over and just douse them. So when this thing tips, y'all, let's, let's get in it. Is that okay? All right.
the entire night, my daughter was really sick. I got up, the Lord told me, go cross some hole and anoint her with that. She couldn't stop. It was just bad. You know how it is when you're sick. 30 minutes later, she was dead. So there is power. There's a, the, the oil of the Lord breaks the yoke of the enemy. That's what Byron was talking about. That's what the scripture talks about. So I feel the Lord, for some of you, is going to break something over your life. For some of you, he's going to anoint you for the next season that you are entering now. Okay? Uh, ministry, business. I really feel an anointing in this church for business. There are some men in here that have an incredible ability to make money. Yeah. Yeah. Look at the men. Is that me? I really believe that, guys. I really believe God is going to release us so that we can bless the work of the Lord. It is not for us. And one day maybe Jim will tell you what the Lord did. I can't say that because that belongs to him. That's his testimony. But it came through the blessing of a man that is no longer here. That believed in mission work. And it's tremendous what he did. Now I believe the Lord is going to release his oil over you. Now it only takes his faith. Lord, I receive it. I'm in or in. I want the next, the next thing in my life. David was not ready, but the oil that was poured on him prepared him for the next decision. You're that person today. You're that woman. You're that man. You're that father, that mother, that son, daughter. Come over here and be anointed with the oil of the Holy Spirit for what the Lord's going to do through you. Okay? So don't just stand in. Come on over here. I know you want this. I know this is for you, okay? It is real. This is an act, a prophetic act that we're going to do here. Amen. Y'all get this on.